Blog Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. My name is Christine Wyke. I'm the author of the book, Explain This. It is a verse-by-verse explanation of the book of Revelation, but today I'm going to veer into an area of prophecy that is not biblical. However, I will tie it to the Bible, but it shows an interesting twist here in a prophecy made by a secular person 800 years ago. It is the prophecy of St. Malachi. Now, I pronounce that St. Malachi because I have no other reason to explain or pronounce that in a different way. Some say it's St. Malachi, but uh, it does not end with the letter I. It ends with the letter Y. So I always called him St. Malachi. So uh, if somebody else has a different uh, pronouncement of that, I I apologize. But we need to understand something here. Um, Last week, we touched on the subject of could the rise of the Catholic Church be the great harlot or the great prostitute mentioned in the book of Revelation. I made scriptural ties to that, and if I have time at the end of today's show, I will make the connections again in relationship to the fact that could the next pope uh, coming up after Pope Benedict here be the last one. According to the secular prophecy of St. Malachi, that is true. And I find this whole prophecy from him just very intriguing. Um, I believe it kind of puts a finishing touch on what we could expect with the next pope coming. Now, we know for certain that prophecies made in the, in the Bible about the return of Jesus Christ will definitely 100% have always come true and will come true. However, once in a while I run across a prophecy that is not based on the Bible, and that would be this one. Uh, but at the same time, like I said before, it ties in. It ties in very much so to the book of Revelation. Now, I'll kind of give you a little bit of background here <clears throat> of St. Malachi. 
he was a bishop um, 800 years ago. Um, he was actually in the in the uh, year of 1139 when he was a bishop. He received a vision. Now, in the notation that I made on today's show, I said it was the 1300s, and that was an error. I'm sorry, it was the 1100s. 1139 is when he was uh, counted on to receive this vision that he received on the unfolding of the long line of popes in the Holy Roman Catholic Church, starting with Pope Celestine II, who was alive at his time. (coughs) Now, he makes the prediction here of each pope that follows, not by name in particular, except for the last one, but by description of each pope's life uh, concerning it could be their birth, their their um, reign, their type of reign, their family, anything that would make a tie to it. And you can get the entire list online. Just Google the prophecy of St. Malachi. It's spelled M-A-L-A-C-H-Y. And you will come up with a number of sites that will connect you to um, the one similar to that I connected with. But in this long list of popes, uh, starting with Pope Celestine II, uh, he makes a description usually of two to three words in Latin. And the description then is translated into the English language. And I'm not going to do all, uh, you know, there's a couple hundred of them. I'm not going to do all of them. I'm going to break it down to the last five. Even though... Some of this could be far-fetched. It's like, well, if you put a description in there, you can make it fit to whatever pope you wanted to. But I think it's the last one that's coming that seems to be very articulate in its description. Um, When we get to it, we'll kind of pull it apart and study it. But even if this whole thing is a forgery, um, it, it still is interesting just in the event here that Pope John, or I say, excuse me, Pope Benedict should pass, and we have a new one coming soon. Just kind of keep this program here that you heard today in mind. Even if this notion is far-fetched, the whole idea of one more Pope coming, what is more intriguing is in the Vatican Gallery in Rome, there are pictures or sculptures of all the popes starting, of course, with Pope Peter, which the Catholic Church claims was the first pope. And each one has their bust or picture or painting of the actual pope at the time of their their, uh, reign. And it fills up the entire hallway or the gallery there. And there, supposedly, this, again, is I have not been there to, to document this, but it has been stated that there is room for one more after Pope Benedict, and then the entire hallway is filled up. There is no extra room for any more popes. That kind of puts a little period at the end of this prophecy to kind of make it a little bit more true. But like I said, that is speculation. I have never been to Rome to see this gallery. I cannot um, document that this statement is true. So I'll leave that up to the skeptics. And uh, maybe some of you have been there and say, no, that's not true. There's plenty of room. But regardless, that's just something I thought I would mention. Okay. 
during the reign of Pope John Paul II, he made a rule that changed the required age of the Pope that was to follow him. And I believe that this is, again, something in the hand of God. Whether or not you are aware of this, but the popes that are currently in power make the rules concerning what happens following their death. And they can make whatever changes they wish to, you would say, make the new voting regulations uh, to accommodate them, or if they feel voting regulations among the cardinals at the time the new pope is elected, if there needs to be changes or, or something to make the system improved, more fair, uh, usually the pope that reigns at you know, the current time, before he dies, of course, he makes the changes. Well, Pope John Paul II, during his reign, made a change in the way that the cardinals elect the pope. And one of the changes was the new papal elect pope or the new pope would have to be over the age of 70 but under the age of 80. Now some of this was by the influence of the fact that Pope John Paul II reigned for about 25 years. Um, They do acquire their office and keep their office until their death. I believe there's only one time in the entire history of popes that one resigned due to mental health issues. But basically, they reign until their death. And many thought that Pope John Paul II, with 25 years, just was a little too much. And he may have even thought or was, you would say, instructed by other cardinals that, hey, you know, make it a little bit more fair. Why don't you elect somebody that's a little old? so that some of us cardinals will get a chance to be pope. The younger the pope, of course, the longer the reign would be and less people would have the chance. So Pope John Paul II made the rule, had to be over the years of 70 but under the age of 80. So Joseph Ratzinger, who is now Pope Benedict, was 78 years old when he became pope in 2005. That would make him about 84 years old. Uh, this year Uh, his reign is coming to an end here we need to pay attention as this becomes more of a reality with each passing day now I'm going to go over the last five popes and what St. Malachi said about them the interpretation of it and kind of make the match and we will see how this last one ties in to the book of Revelation where I find the relationship of the Antichrist with the Catholic Church. Let's start with Pope John the Twenty Third. Now he was start he started his reign in nineteen fifty eight. The Malecci description, Saint Malecci's description of him in Latin is called Pastor et Nota. Translated means Pastor and Marine. Now, just give you a little history of Pope John Paul the Twenty-Third, or Pope John the Twenty-Third. <coughs> Prior to his election, he was the Patriarch of Venice, which was a marine city. So he was a pastor of a marine city, the the city of Venice. Again, oh, that's a stretch. That could be anybody, but it fits him. Next, let's move on. In 1963, 
Pope Paul VI became Pope. St. Malecci gave him the description. Now remember, St. Malecci did this in the year 1100. He did not name Pope Paul directly. All he did was say that the following Pope, the description is Flos Florum, which means flower of flowers. A little bit of history here of Paul VI is that his coat of arms, now, coat of arms is uh, like a, a shield or the family uh, seal, a logo, whatever you want to call it. On there showed a picture of three lilies, flower of flowers. Okay, that kind of matches up with St. Malachi did. Next one, Pope John Paul I. He reigned in 1978 for one month. If you guys recall any of this, uh, very short, short-lived as being Pope. His description from St. Malachi was, now I'm not good in my Latin here, De Meditati Lunae. De Meditati Luna. It could be Luna. What the description is, or the translation is, or half the moon. Now that one shows a little bit more interesting. He has actually two things that would fit this description. First of all, the history of this pope was that he was born in the Diocese of Belluno, which translated the city of Belluno is beautiful moon. So there's your moon there. But what is interesting is he was elected on August 26 of 1978. It was half a moon on that date. He reigned for one month exactly to the half moon of the next month. So he reigned from half moon to half moon. Now that is a little bit more detail. That, you would say, would be very difficult to label another pope with that one. Uh, if the description is of half the moon, this definitely falls upon him almost as accurate as you could call it. The next pope following Pope John Paul I was Pope John Paul II. Now, that's probably what most of us remember. 1978, he became pope, right, of course, the, right after the death of the short reign of the first one. And I believe in his honor, he called himself Pope John Paul II. And he reigned until 2005. Now, the description St. Malachi gives him is de laboror solis which means, translated, the eclipse of the sun or from the labor of the sun. Now, Carol, I believe, I cannot know if I pronounce his name correctly. Carol Wachioli, or Pope John Paul II, was born on May 18 in 1920, during which a solar eclipse had occurred at the exact same time of his birth. That's a little ironic. Regardless, he was also, at his funeral, a solar eclipse was visible in the Americas. Now, that again is kind of a bit of a stretch, because I believe that his funeral was probably in Rome. But an eclipse was visible in the Americas. Again, this one can be a bit of a stretch. The next one, however, the one we have right now. Now, this actually was brought to my attention of St. Malachi when ABC News was 
uh, breaking in on the funeral of Pope John Paul II, and a comment had been made about the prophecy of St. Malachi and who would, who would follow Pope John Paul II. And this is what caught my attention, and I started to look into the prophecy of St. Malachi. This was a little bit more detail for Pope Benedict for the one we have right now. Gloria Olive was the Latin description, and it means glory of the olives. Now, if you recall, Joseph Ratzinger was a member of the Benedictine order called the Olive Teens. Glory of the olives, uh, Pope of the Olive Teens, uh, that I'd say was pretty uh, distinct just for Pope Benedict. But what follows next? And that is the Pope in the future here. This next prediction from St. Malachi is very unique. Not only is it the last one, there is no other popes that follow in St. Malachi's prophecy. This is the last one. But what is unique here is he does three complete sentences. It is not three words or two words in Latin. It is complete sentences. And I'm going to skip the Latin translation. If you need to do that, you can go online or give me a call and I'll email it to you. But the Latin phrase used for this final pope from the entire list of the hundreds of, of, of the more than 100 popes, this is the only one that names the pope outright, gives them a name, which we were going to reflect here a little bit later on, but it also is quite exact. And actually, the wording is quite biblical. Here's the translation. In extreme persecution, the seat of the Holy Roman Catholic, of the seat of the Holy Roman Church will be occupied by Peter the Roman, who will feed the sheep through many tribulations, at the term of which the city of seven hills will be destroyed, and the formidable judge, now that judge here is in capital letters, the formidable judge will judge his people. The end. Let's break this down. The first sentence, in extreme persecution. Uh, how about tribulation period? During the tribulation period, extreme persecution of the Catholic Church, the seat, remember this, the seat of the Holy Roman Church so we're talking the Catholic Church will be occupied by Peter <coughs> excuse me Peter the Roman so if we have the next pope coming will he name himself Peter in some way I believe we can look for this again this prophecy from St. Malachi is not biblical but I'm going to show you the tie-in to here with God's word Notice it's Peter the Roman. Will this man coming be from Italy? According to the book of Daniel, he comes from the Roman Empire. How long have the Italian people waited for a pope to come from their land? This would be a victory for the Italian people, but it also matches with the prophecy not only in Revelation, but it matches the prophecy in Daniel that the Antichrist will come from Roman ancestry. Continuing on with the translation, 
who will feed the sheep through many tribulations. Hey, we're going to get to this feed the sheep thing. At the term of which, which means at the term, so during the course of this pope's reign, the city of seven hills, (laughs) again, another biblical term here, the city of seven hills mentioned in Revelation will be destroyed. That's a.k.a. Babylon. And the formidable judge, who is God himself, will judge his people. And that, we know, is the judgment day. So, let's pick that apart again a little bit. Will the Pope name his his name, or make his name, uh, Peter? Or at least a name like it? Let's go into... John, now let's go into the biblical aspect of this. Go into John 21, starting at verse 15. Jesus is saying to Simon Peter, now remember this link. Here we go, Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than others? Yes, Peter replied, you know I am your friend. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you really love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, my, my sheep, Jesus said. Once more, three times here, once more, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved at the way Jesus asked the question the third time and said, Lord, you know my heart. You know who I am. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Okay, so three times Jesus says to Peter to feed the sheep. Do you need to see the connection here? We have Peter the Roman, according to the prophecy of St. Malachi, occupying the seat of the Roman church, who will feed the sheep through many tribulations. There's one connection here made to the Bible, to the prophecy of St. Malachi. I'm going to make another connection. Go to Matthew 16. Again, we have here <coughs> the episode or the occurrence here of Jesus talking to his disciples. And he's asking them, you know, people say I'm John the Baptist, some say I'm an Elijah, I'm Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Uh, who do you think I am? And Simon Peter answers the question, well, Lord, you are the Son of God. Um, the, actually the son of the living God and Jesus reply to him is in Matthew 16 is Simon blessed are you son of Jonah for my father in heaven has personally revealed this to you this is not coming from a human source you are Peter a stone upon this rock I will build my church That is a very strong Catholic statement where they feel that Peter was now the first pope of the Catholic Church. But what they failed to see is later on in the chapter, exact same chapter, three verses later, Jesus is talking about his death and how the Roman soldiers would be coming and he would be betrayed and he would be crucified. In verse 22, Peter takes Jesus aside. Notice it's Peter again. But Peter took him aside to remonstrate with him. Heaven forbid, sir, says Peter. This is not going to happen to you. Peter is making the statement, Lord, uh uh-uh. 
not on my watch. They're not going to crucify you. I'll protect you. Jesus turned on Peter in verse 23 and said, Get away from me, you Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are thinking merely from a human point of view and not from God. Do you see the connection here? Same chapter, three verses later. Peter has gone from the rock that will build the church to Satan. How about the Antichrist? I do not think that's coincidence, the way the Bible is set up on that. In fact, you kind of wonder, Jesus kind of had a bad attitude towards Peter. All Peter did was try to protect his Lord, and Jesus turned on him and called him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Was Jesus a little bit overblown on his reaction? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's part of prophecy that links in with St. Malachi's prophecy, but it also links in to the book of Revelation. Let's continue on here. Revelation chapter 18 talks about the fall of Babylon. So, continuing on with the description here from St. Malachi. He will feed the sheep through many tribulations, at the term of which the city of seven hills will be destroyed. Well, we get that in Revelation 17, verse 9. In fact, it answers a couple of questions there. Revelation 17, verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Notice the beginning of this translation from St. Malachi. In extreme persecution, the seat of the Holy Roman Church. Revelation 17, verse 9, the woman sits on seven hills. Where is that place, the city of seven hills? That is Rome. That is the Vatican. Here we have two different prophecies speaking of the exact same thing. Is that coincidence? I don't think so. Let's dig into this again a little bit further. If we have the Roman Catholic Church that sits on seven hills, now in the book of Revelation speaks also of an eighth hill that is occupied by the Antichrist. The eighth king, could that be also an eighth hill? Now, I'll give you a little bit of uh, history here. In Roman mythology, or you could say Greek mythology, hills on it, hills in Rome in which temples would be setting were names of gods. And the god of, the, of an eighth hill, it doesn't necessarily say hill number one was Zeus and hill number two was Diana. Not necessarily. But there were... A number of hills in Rome and one of the hills could be there is I believe probably a few smaller hills there is another hill where the prophet or the prophecy the God of prophecy sat and the name eludes me now who the God of prophecy is in old Greek mythology but that hill the God of prophecy oh Vaticanus was his name. It just came to me. The god Vaticanus, or Vaticanus, is called the god of prophecy. 
that's where the name Vatican comes from. And guess where the Vatican sits? It sits on one of those hills directly, right right there. And it sits on the hill of the God of Prophecy. Is that a coincidence also? Possibly, but I believe it makes a connection. I hope you get a chance to visit the archives of the Prophecy Zone. Last week, and I believe Phil Armstrong will be running a couple of other um, uh, dates for the same uh, topic that I covered. It's called The Great Harlot or The Great Prostitute, The Rise of the Catholic Church. And get into that a little bit. I describe in detail, according to the Bible, how the Roman Catholic Church fits (coughs) the description of the great harlot that's mentioned in Revelation. There are so many connections here between the clues in Daniel and the clues in Revelation that show the Catholic Church being the great harlot. Also now, you recognize the great harlot rides on the back of the beast. I believe the beast is the Antichrist. Next week, we're going to get into a very controversial topic of explaining how the Antichrist could be the next Pope. I can give you that 666 answer. The numerical values of the letters in his name can it add to 666, and I'll show you the history of that, and I'll explain to you how that letters in his name add to 666. That will be next week's topic. Don't miss it. My name is Christine Weick. You can reach me at explainthis.us. That's my website. All them, art- all them articles that I write are there for free. You can download them. Toll-free number is one 653 I hope to hear from you. My email, explainthis at att.net. Thank you for listening.